We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. So welcome in, everybody. It is the aftermath episode of the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. The deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach. Kelberman, Zach, we got a day to kind of, uh, well, a night to sleep on what happened yesterday, a day to kind of marinate uh, and further ruminate on the results of yesterday. How are you feeling about Broncos Chiefs now uh, more than 24 hours removed? Same as I felt yesterday. I didn't think it'd be much different. I'm not celebrating a moral victory. I'm not celebrating the fact of losing pretty. To me, neither thing exists at the NFL level. I think it's very weak, quite frankly, but I am expounding on the point and the one takeaway I saw from the game yesterday, which was the fact that Russell Wilson, it looked like Seattle Russ. And that's exactly what you want to see going forward. I don't know if we're going to see him again because he is in concussion protocol with that brain injury. He has that nasty looking hematoma on his forehead as well. I don't know that you risk him over the course of a meaningless four games left in this in the schedule, but we saw glimpses that he can be salvaged and with the right coaching and give it enough time to throw, you know, crazy concept there that he can look like a pretty good starting quarterback. Yeah, I think Broncos fans get ready to get your ripping on because what purpose do you have other than exposing Russell Wilson to further risk and injury? If this is Zach, if that was the last we saw of Russ 2020, uh, pardon me, 2022, where am I? What should be the takeaways on Russ overall and how should Broncos fans be feeling about him entering 2023? I think by and large, calling it like it is, he, he was a pretty big catfish, you know, a $250 million catfish because he d- didn't play anything near that level. But again, to be fair, you got to weigh all the factors as well. The coaching, the O-line, the receivers, the running backs, the injuries, yada, yada, yada. Um, It was a collective disaster in Denver, but if if he's going to go out on this note, that was a pretty good note to go out on having his best game of the season against the Broncos biggest rival in Kansas city. And I feel like, and this is the hopeful part. If Russ were to have never gotten that concussion, there's a chance the Broncos come back and win that game. 
I mean, from 27 nothing down because he was playing that good. So for the first time, maybe since Peyton Manning, you had confidence in your quarterback being the last one with the ball and the last one to score and win the game. I think that should be what you take away into 2023. Yes. Uh, Michaela, it's been a minute. We have missed you. We've been wondering how you've been and with what's going on uh, that you mentioned to us the last time we got a chance to see you in your personal life. We've been hoping, we've been praying for you. Hope things are well. It's great to see you. Thank you so much for Thank the you. super chat. The Duchess throwing down. We wanted to grab this right at the top because we've missed Michaela. She's such an integral piece of our community in these conversations every night. She says, is it just me? If Russ would have not gotten hurt, we would have won the game. I was encouraged. Yeah, you. it was, it was close. I mean, if we look at the fourth quarter, all right, um, after that Jerry Judy touchdown pass from Brett Rippon, which occurred, of course, three plays or so after Russ exited, uh, you go on the Chiefs punt, Rippon gets another opportunity, no no dice, punt, okay? Uh, or pardon me, yeah, punt first one, and then Chiefs get it back, picked off again by Josie Jewell. And right then and there, that's the moment, Zach, where if Russ was had not exited the game, that's the moment where I think he could have taken control and driven down and gotten a touchdown. What unfortunately happened was uh, Brett Rippon got picked off, and then the Chiefs sat on the on the ball to basically end the game. But what do you think? It's no coincidence that Jerry Judy finally had his you know welcome to the NFL game, three touchdowns, breakout game with Russell Wilson playing his best football of the year. Yeah, Michaela, great minds. I'm also encouraged by that fact. It was exciting. It was fun. It was unlike anything we've seen this season. And not much have we seen since Peyton Manning where the Broncos showed that much fight. The stadium was loud. They were scoring over 20 points. I mean, it was a freaking party in the Mile High City. And you never know what could have happened. Even if they would not have won that game, I still would have liked to see what Russ can do with one more drive. But uh, by and large, that was a tip-top performance, all things considered, from number three. He finished with a quarterback rating of 100.1, 247 yards passing, three tutties, a pick. Of course, that was really the difference in the game, Zach, was the pick six that he threw. If that hadn't occurred when it did, how it did, uh, you know, I mean, that pick six, the Broncos could have potentially won that 28-27. But if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, you know the old saying, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Sam Bam. Great to see you, bro. Jumping in early with a super chat before we even fire off the stream. That's how you know he's a ride or die member of MHH. He says, good evening. No, I don't think Hackett saved his job by any means. I'll explain why he's even bringing this up. Black Monday is in four weeks, but it was nice to see the Broncos playing hard and making a game out of it. A hefty fine for Judy. Go Broncos. So, Zach, I want to get to both of these. First of all, I've heard rumblings and, and people in the Broncos uh, media sphere surmising, not so much saying, but floating it out there. Maybe that was enough for Hackett to turn the ship around and prove to the Walton Penner group and maybe even George Payton that I deserve one more swing at the plate. To me, it's a, it's comical. It's, it's like way too little, way too late. You didn't even win the game. That's not going to be the difference maker. What say you on that subject and explain to people what's going on with Judy and this potential for a fine. Yeah, when I hopped on the pod last night, you asked me for my gut reaction. And my very first thought, because it is a literal gut reaction, was I hope it doesn't do anything to better Nathaniel Hackett's job security, which is, you know, without a doubt, tenuous in Denver. 
I don't know that it did, but it didn't look bad for him. If anything, it helped him a little bit because it showed he did not lose the locker room. If he did at 27 nothing, the team would have checked out. The final score would have been something like, you know, 54-0 or whatever. But they came back. They fought after halftime. They made it a game. And uh, they almost won that game if their starting quarterback didn't get hurt. I don't know that you can overlook, and I certainly wouldn't if I'm Greg Penner, Rob Walton, whoever's making the calls in Denver next offseason. You can't overlook the failures, both on the field and the intangibles with Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know that it saved his job, but at least for one week, it showed that there is some fight left in this team. We'll see. What's the latest on Judy and the fine? Yeah, so I don't know how he survived that game. And by survived, I mean didn't get ejected or, you know, uh, uh, flagged. But he did rip his hate. Three no-nos all occurred for Jerry Judy at one time in the first quarter. He was incensed. I mean, he was over-the-top angry that they missed, apparently, defensive holding. So he ripped his helmet off. That's the first no-no. You can't do that. He verbally started shouting down a referee. You can't do that. And then he physically confronted him. He bumped him, which is a definite no-no. And, yeah, you can't make any contact with officials. So, Reportedly, there's a big fine coming for Jerry Judy. That's pretty much guaranteed fate accompli. I don't know what that fine's going to look like, but it will be hefty. A suspension right now appears unlikely, and I feel like if they were going to suspend him, we would have heard about that by now. But if anything, a major hit in the pocketbook is coming for JJ. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Chris, chances. Thank you for the super chat, brother. He says, Chad, Zach, Scott, still the best in the business. You're a prince, brother. Um, thank you, Chris. Seriously. And the Duchess saying had to go to uh, Connecticut, I think is what you're saying for work. LOL. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, we're just glad to have you back, my friend. Mike Reno says dramatic. Every time we play the Chiefs, something uh, happens. Usually fumbles by Gordon to lose. Yeah. I mean, it's drama. Those 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 rivalry matchups are replete with drama. They should they should be. Uh, dramatic when it's one of your most hated enemies, especially one going into yesterday that's got a 13-game winning streak on you. Now it's 14, Dak Gummit. Uh, BK, bro, thank you for the super chat. He says, who is our O-line coach? I live in Seattle, and it took their O-line time to learn how to block for us. It's hard to block for scrambling quarterbacks. There's a lot of truth to that, especially when, in Russ's case, Yesterday, I mean, I was reading Eric's uh, Eric Trickle's grades article that published not long before we went live tonight, and he talked about uh, how even in Zach, a lot of the pass sets where the O line actually held up and bought him time at the very least time to climb a pocket and make a throw. He's bailing early. He's bailing early and walking into a lot of sacks, uh, Russell Wilson. And it's true that Seattle, you know, it took time for them to figure out how to block that. It's even more maddening for the Broncos though, Zach, because all the guys that are well, a lot of the guys, I should say, that are blocking for him right now this year, they're not going to be blocking for him next year. They're like piecemeal hanging on by a thread, guys, because the Broncos O-line has been so decimated. But answering that question, the O-line coach in Denver is a first-year O-line coach. He's been an assistant in other places, but the first time he's been the actual position coach in the league by the name of Butch Berry came over from San Francisco. Yeah, soon to be former Broncos O-line coach. If uh, I had my druthers, I don't know how you go from Mike Munchak to Butch Berry, but that's what cronyism is. You know, Hackett wanted to bring his boys into Denver with him, and he thought getting someone from the Shanahan system would, you know, fix all the Broncos' OL woes, but they didn't do it. The thing is, though, Russell Wilson is not a scrambling quarterback. In fact, at this stage of his career, he's the opposite. He came to Denver with the intention of being a pocket passer, a la Peyton Manning, and that's part of the con- – the, the contributing factor as to why he's not been so good this year is because they haven't played to his strengths. And one of his strengths is playing on the run, playing from a, a moving pocket, play action, bootlegs, you know, everything like that that utilizes his legs and his lower body. And when he does utilize that, as you saw yesterday, the vintage Russ comes out once more. Yep. So he's not a, a pocket, he's not a scrambling quarterback, but regardless, they can't run the ball either. They can't do anything to right. They get no push. They get steamrolled. The Luke Wattenberg experiment. I don't know whose call that was but to rotate. Is. Yeah, to rotate Luke Wattenberg and then Quinn Bailey also at left guard. It's funny. They were doing nothing when Wattenberg was in the game. When Natani Muti came in the game, suddenly the O-line looked a lot better. So. Yeah, I wonder where Mama Muti is. It's been a while since we've seen Mama Muti in the chat, but I'm sure she was proud of her boy yesterday because Natani played well. Breaking news that we just got, Kyler Murray. Of course, the Broncos next on the schedule. They're playing the Cardinals, and Kyler Murray just carted off the field with what appears to be a non-contact lower body injury, maybe knee. We'll see. Uh, Prayers up for him. Hope it's not anything serious. But, uh, Zach, how does that make you feel? I mean, there's a chance then that it might be Brett Rippon versus Colt McCoy. I I've, I just failed to realize that's the next Broncos opponent, so that's why we're talking about it. My first thought was more time for Call of Duty. 
for Kyler Murray, but yeah. I hope it's not nothing too serious. It didn't look that good, but yeah, that would be interesting. The backup bowl against the Cardinals next week. But you know what? Anyone who um, has studied the game of football and specifically people who have studied uh, quarterback mechanics, one of the most alarming uh, factors of Russell Wilson's regression 2022 has been his utter lack of lower body discipline. His footwork has been terrible. I had a conversation with MHH Emeritus, uh, Doc Bear. All right. Everyone knows him as Doc Bear, Emmett Smith. And, uh, you know, we keep in touch. He's, he's one of my mentors and a really close friend. And uh, he opined about it's just this was going into the Chiefs game. How just lackadaisical, undisciplined that footwork is. And that governs so much of how a quarterback performs on game day. And why isn't that not getting isolated? Noticed by the coaching staff, isolated and fixed and figured out. I mean, where's Jake Heaps, Zach, when you need him for crying out late? Look. There she is, Mama Muti in the house. Yeah, good to see uh, you. Yeah, this is Muti. Your son played fantastic yesterday, and we're both still hoping. We've been on the Natani Muti train for a few years now. We're hoping that he gets more playing time going forward. I just know what I saw, and what I saw, the running game got going, the screen game got going, the passing game worked better with Natani in the game. So hopefully, if Reisner continues to miss time, uh, Muti can draw that start. George Fox, Zach, isn't there other coaches that don't call plays and are still head coaches? Not saying he's not bad, but just asking. I know he's got to go. Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. Thank you, George. Yeah, there are. I mean, there's the the, the John Harbaugh types that, um, you know, he's a special teams background. There's the, the tacticians, you know, like Belichick. There are the master motivators like Mike Tomlin so you don't have to call plays necessarily to be a head coach, but you have to have some quality that makes you cut out above a simply a coordinator. And what quality is that if you're Nathaniel Hackett? You're likable, you're affable, you're everybody's friend, you're relaxed, you're whatever. That's not good enough to be a head coach. He's not inspiring anyone. He's not a disciplinarian. He's not a, a master schemer. He was a play caller. He got hired in part because he was a play caller, and now he's no longer a play caller. He serves no purpose. He is an empty vessel with a headset on. I think he's probably a good shoulder to cry on. You're, you're going to get that reinforcement and the hug back from Coach Hackett, but I'm inclined to agree with you, Zach. I wonder at what utility now he really offers this team when he's hiring coaches to coach him and his coaching staff. Um, real quick here, it is the 12th day of December. Here is your top five, as you know what we're doing on Super Chat. We'll come up with something fun for Facebook, but for some reason Facebook changed their uh, settings in their analytics where makes it impossible for us to track right now anyways um stars so we will be doing something fun don't worry for those of us for those of you who support us on facebook right now though we're able to track as we always do youtube and here's your top five we're going to be raffling off a jersey to one of the top five finishers okay uh deanna hendry right now claiming number one followed by fa and ethan the dwi guys who, who's leapfrog uh heading into today naj legendary figure at number four and Jamil Thorne at five. And you can see just a few of the names outside the top five, but at the end of the month, we will take the top five names, uh, go into a hat. We draw one out Broncos Jersey of their choice as a small thank you from us for supporting us the way that you do on super chat, helping us keep the lights on. So Zach, what do you make though of Russell Wilson's uh, technical regression? Just simply from a, from a technique standpoint, 
looking more, honestly, looking worse than he did even as a rookie back in 2012. I think there's a little bit of the Sam Darnold effect going on with Russell Wilson. I've noticed this for a few weeks now. He's so scared of pressure because he's been pressured so often, hit so often, sacked so often that he sees ghosts sometimes. His height is also, you know, it's not to further that narrative, that meme or whatever, but he has trouble, I think, seeing certain positions on the field, certain players on the field. The K.J. Hamler non-throw in the Colts game proved that as well. But I just think it comes down to time. It comes down to, you know, if you – I hate to use the example, but if you abuse an animal, let's say, every time you raise your hand, they're going to cower. They're going to become fearful. That's how I feel Russell Wilson is now. Every time there's even a modicum of pressure in that pocket, he bails, he turns, he pirouettes, he does this or that. That's why it's number one, number one. I got this question on Twitter. Someone said, I know OL is important, but what do you think about taking this certain receiver in the second round of the draft? No. I admit receiver is a sneaky need for the Broncos. They probably could, um, you know, freshen up that room a little bit, but far and away, the number one priority is offensive line and not just right tackle, not just center, not just left guard, and not just maybe even left tackle. All of those positions are up for grabs and they should be, uh, the resources should be poured into them in the draft and free agency. Everything you can do starts up front. Because it doesn't matter if you have prime Jerry Rice out there, prime Randy Moss out there. If the quarterback has no time to get the ball off, you're in the same position you are now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You get Garrett Bowles back. That is if some of the, I wouldn't even call them rumors. It's just people saying, hey, if the Broncos want to dump a bunch of salary because now they're figuring out how to live with Russell Wilson's albatross of a contract in 2023, two guys making a ton of money you could approach as a restructure or cuts or maybe not cuts in the case of Garrett Bowles. I'm not sure what his dead money hit is, but trades at the very least, Justin Simmons, Garrett Bowles. I really don't foresee the Broncos trying to move their franchise left tackle in a year where Russell Wilson, first of all, he got hurt, and then Russell Wilson was so obviously impacted by his lack of being there as that left tackle. Garrett Bowles, I would think, is pretty safe. He's going to be coming back. I don't know if Dalton Reisner is. Natani Muti, look, he continues to show when he gets his opportunities. He, he's tended to make the most of them, which is great to see. Luke Wattenberg, look, dude, you need more time in that incubator, my dog. Graham Glasgow, this is the fourth year. He'll be going into his fourth year on that four-year deal, and he's not going to make what he's on schedule to make. They might ask him to come back on a pay cut. We'll see. Um, Quinn Miners, you can expect maybe a, a third-year bump. We'll see, right, if he takes another step forward. But you got to fix right tackle. 
you fix right tackle and get somebody in the draft, you get bowls back, and the other three things are are we'll see how it resolves. It could make a huge difference for the for the confidence and the whole seeing ghost phenomenon. I agree with you, Zach of Russell Wilson. Dylan Hunt, bro, thank you. He says, What's up, fellas? Judy had a good game, but man, is he boneheaded? I never wanted any part of him after he got a nine wonder look score, just immature. Yeah, I don't want to speak to the wonder lick. I think the wonder lick is frankly uh pseudoscience, okay? But he has shown at different points in his career, at times an alarming lack of poise. You can call it immaturity. Um, act like you've been there before, Jerry. I feel you on that, Dylan. Um, oh, it's Boise Man, bro. It is Boise Man. Okay, cool. Boise Man, Dylan, are you on Twitter, dude? I've tried to find you on Twitter many times because I care about trying to keep in touch with the key people in our community. So if you are, do one of these in the mentions, okay? Uh, but what say you, Zach, about Jerry Judy's lack of, of uh, poise and perhaps his immaturity? Well, I'm with you about the Wonderlick. There have been a lot of players who ace that test who haven't been anything in the NFL. A lot of players have bombed that test and gone on to have good careers. Um, maybe I'm in the minority, but I loved the passion that Jerry Judy showed. It wasn't the best way to express that passion at that moment, but I love the fire that he had. There needs to be more players with that fire on the Broncos. All too often through their losing streak, the players have just put their hands on their hips, walked off the field, had their press duties, got showered, and left the stadium. I want to see more of that energy, that fire on the field. It's been so rare in the last, even in the Vic Fangio era. It kind of reminded me yesterday of the Cowboys game in Dallas where the players were visibly fired up for once. They weren't going through the motions. They had some fight to them. They had some dog to them. So I'm speaking to Jerry Judy's personality. You can't bump an official Jerry, so you got to not to do that. But I love how angry you were over the fact you felt you were slighted. I wish your offensive teammates, including your quarterback, had that fire. On the field, I mean three touchdowns. All Two starting quarterbacks, by the way, threw him the three touchdowns. So he thrived with both. Um, you showed what he could be when you get him the ball and he catches the ball. Eight of nine targets, 73 yards, I believe, and three touchdowns. He is a number one receiver waiting to happen if you commit to him, and he's only getting better from here on out. I did like seeing a little emotion from Russ yesterday, Zach, once they finally started to get some momentum, and his he was celebrating. It was good to see that triumph on his face and just that relief and excitement and elation and that competitive fire. It's like, okay, this dude is a human being. Deanna. Lady D, as she has been dubbed on the pod, uh, jumping in with a very generous super sticker. Great to see you, my friend. Uh, a pair riding a rocket in, uh, I don't know, I'll go back to the Triumph word. We'll say Triumph. What pair rides a rocket uh, if he's not doing so in the spirit of Triumph? All right, answer that and stay fashionable. Deanna, love you. Appreciate you, my friend. To the moon, Alice. To the moon. Um, Am I too young to make that reference? I don't know. Um, um, no, I don't, I don't know. We do, we do what we do. Okay. You get Sopranos references on this podcast. You get the occasional, uh, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings anecdote and whatever I've been watching lately, which by the way, I've been binging on this, uh, YouTube channel called explore with us. My wife got me on this, like, um, true crime thing that these documentaries we watch and stuff, uh, in the evenings and, this YouTube channel, I got to give them a shout out because they crush it. They get these uh, interrogation uh, videos of real murder suspects, etc. 
and then they like analyze it, the body language and the tactics. It's really, really good. That's what I've been binging on. Phil, uh, evening priest and Deacon Scott, he says, thank you, Phil. Maybe it's just me, he says, Zach, but I swear yesterday was the first time I saw Russ excited. Go Broncos, MHH for life. What say you? What game was it where he got sacked and he was like visibly, it was a, it wasn't the Titans game, was it? Uh, it might have been. Was, he got sacked he like 18 times. And he was angry? It showed, yeah. Or he was still neutral? He was uh, walking off the field and he thought they lost the ball. It, whatever. The point is, that time was the first time I saw him show any sort of human emotion. And yesterday was the second time. So I'm right there with you, Phil. Chad, you made the same point. He wasn't as robotic as he usually is. And, you know, he, he can be calm. He can be level-headed. He can be the cool cucumber under center. But you got to at least show some fire as well that you want to win. And it had to feel good for him having his best game of the season before the concussion against the best team in the NFL, arguably the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's all mental with Russ, but it's good to see that human Russ is uh, coming out to play a little bit. Might have been the Titans game. He was sacked six times in that one. So And beat to living – it's not. He was he was used and abused, unfortunately. The Duchess, number two tonight. Thank you, Michaela. Love you. Keeping the lights on. You know this. She says, get rid of Hackett. Hmm? So very tired of staying over all the time. By the way, how about Jewel? Uh, yeah, Jewel. By the way, Josie Jewel quietly having himself a killer game as an inside linebacker, Zach, getting two picks. You have Justin Simmons with a two-interception game this season, and you have Josie Jewell with a two-interception game. I loved seeing that, Josie Jewell. And what's really cool is, as he continues to develop, because remember, one thing about Josie is he's had a lot of injury problems as a, as a young player, now on his second contract, first year of his second contract. So if he can continue to develop with and, and stay healthy, who knows what the limits for that guy could be. He's so smart, and he's such a great leader, and he's so great against the run. If he continues to build up these – skills and coverage and baiting quarterbacks like we saw him do with Mahomes twice yesterday. Who knows? I It's exciting. Yeah, Jerry Judy's three touchdowns. Uh, the first time a Broncos receiver has posted a hat trick in one game since Demarius Thomas. May he rest in peace. And uh, two picks for Josie Jewell. The first time that's happened for a Broncos, I think, linebacker, maybe inside linebacker. Your boy, Smoke Dog, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Al Wilson. So, yeah, big 2000. game. Yep. Big game by Josie Jewell. Um, I ate some crow on the Gut Reaction podcast last night. Haven't been Jewell's biggest fan, but if he plays like that, I'm signing him to a longer-term deal because he was winning in coverage. He was impacting the game, not just as a run defender, but as an overall sideline-to-sideline -side uh, linebacker. So let's see if he can keep it going next week against the Cardinals. Well, that's been part of the frustrating aspect of Josie is he's lacked in certain areas of his game, and so you point to his intangibles as – you know, what makes the difference? What bridges the gap? We know he's good against the run. He usually doesn't miss tackles. Not great in coverage. Some health in, in, inconsistencies, let's say, in availability. Uh, but what he lacks there, he makes up for with that football brain and that leadership acumen. Coach on the field type thing. I mean, when he got hurt last year, Zach, he stuck around the building for Vic Fangio and was basically a coach in those meeting rooms for his fellow players. I love the fact that right now we're not having to point to those things. Right now we're saying, look, he's the first Broncos linebacker since Smoke Dog Al Wilson did it in 2000. That was 22 years ago to post a double interception game. So hats off to Jerry Judy. Venom Seeker, what's up, dude? Thank you for the super chat. He says, you're right about Judy, Zach. And another thing I loved 
Judy took that frustration and turned it into a three-touchdown day. It's got to feel good for him. Like, it's got to feel good for, wow, Lady D coming in huge. Um, Let me wrap up my point really quickly. Has to feel good for Jerry Judy to get that, for at least one week, the monkey off his back because he has been criticized to hell and back by Broncos country, by a lot of NFL fan bases that use the B word about him, bust. I don't think he's a bust. I think he's far from it. He has some issues. He's had some injury concerns, drop issues. When he puts it all together, though, he is a number one wide receiver. I want to see more of Jerry Judy. I want to see more of those types of passion, um, effort type plays, and of course, touchdowns. That would be nice. Wow, Deanna. Deanna, thank you so much. You're uh, you're blowing my my hair back. Look, I mean, it's completely gone. Look what you've done to me. Um, seriously. She says, guess it didn't like what I was writing because it's just a, a singular uh, 200 club super chat. Wow. Seriously, thank you, Deanna. Thank you. So much that we can do with that and that we will do with that. Yeah, uh, It's not taken for granted. We very much value and appreciate you. Thank you so much. And you've once again put yourself in a very elite club in terms of the membership of our community throwing down in the 200 club. I think it's the second time you've done it too. So you're up there. Uh, Michaela's in that club. D-Dub's in that club. Uh, Ethan's in that club. So many great members of our community, and we we are so grateful for that. It allows us to keep doing this, A, all right, night after night, but it also allows us to branch out and do other things. So thank you so much, each and every one of you that throw down uh, even a buck. It seriously, it matters to, to Zach and I, and something as generous as this, Deanna, wow, thank you. We have a lot of faces on our Mount Rushmore, you know, way more than four or five. But I think it's time to uh, get the old chisel out and put some elbow grease into it because Lady D is earning her place pretty fast. Thank you so, so much. Seriously. That's right. I mean, this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mark Langley, shout out. He's up there. D-Dub is legendary figure in that club. Um, EJ's in that club. So, And even F.A. F.A. made the club about two weeks ago, if you guys remember. So... Very cool. We appreciate you. Thank you, Deanna. Um, Also, again, I want to remind you, let us know when you get that jersey, okay? We want that profile or that selfie pic, and we'll put it up on – if you don't want us to, we don't have to put it up on MHH Instagram and social media and give you a shout-out, but at least send it to us uh, so that we can make sure it got to you safe and sound. Uh, Gary, what's up, brother? Appreciate you. Uh, He says, thank God for Chad and Zach. I've been watching Broncos media all day, and apparently all is well now. Uh, JFC. Yeah. Um, Gary, you're the man, dude. Appreciate you, big dog. You've been with us a long time too. I don't know. That's why I included that Zach in the title. The title of tonight's stream is aftermath, of course, because it is an aftermath pot, uh, Judy facing NFL discipline separator did hack it, save his job. I've been hearing a lot of that kind of stuff from, from some of the big, uh, players in, in Denver media. It's like, dude, Maybe you could broach it as a as a real plausible subject, Zach, if you won the game. If you won the game. But you didn't. So what does it do to erase or mitigate? I mean, again, 
the volume of water, Zach, that is under this bridge right now for Hackett is it's too much to overcome. I don't even think if from here on out they they ran the table. I'm not sure you could win. You could save your job, maybe because that would include a Chiefs win if you did it. But I just think that he's shown that he wasn't ready for this job, that he wasn't the right head coach for Nathaniel. Or pardon me, Nathaniel Hackett wasn't the right head coach to pair with Russell Wilson. And uh, when you have other options out there that could potentially be better fits, especially with Sean Payton now uh, starting to put feelers out there and uh, looks like he's poised to maneuver back into NFL coaching circles, why dither? I mean, even if you won that game, how does it overshadow, like you were talking about, all the other failures that Nathaniel Hackett has demonstrated on the sideline? You talked about hiring a coach for the coaches. He hired Jerry Rossberg to oversee clock management, game management. They removed play calling from his list of duties or he voluntarily gave it up, whatever. What does he really do? And how could you justify selling that to the fan base? Unless you want 20,000 no-shows every game in 2023, how do you justify bringing that back? Or unless you're tanking for Caleb Williams in 2024. But you got to move off Hackett. And I think it's pretty pathetic between you and me. Yeah, they showed fight. They did for sure. It was their best game in a really crappy season. Not saying much, but I think it's a little pathetic celebrating a six-point loss. A six-point loss. You haven't beat the Kansas City Chiefs in 14 games. That has to change ASAP. So to celebrate a loss, I think, is very, very weak. And uh, that's the standard that Nathaniel Hackett wants to set. Everything is sunshine and rainbows, even a loss. To me, it's not good enough. The end result of that game was an L, and the end result of Hackett's tenure in Denver will be one and done. Why do you want to split hairs over mediocrity? I mean, flashes in the pan. Let's see him do it another game. Let's see this offense. And who knows if we're going to see Russ again this year. I think we will, but we'll see. Why do you want to celebrate mediocrity? Let's see if they can do it, produce like that, get into the 20s as an offense, points-wise, two games in a row. Exactly. Then then I'll start splitting some of those hairs with you, but I'll still be going pointing to all these other games. I just Hey, Albert in the house, good to see Albert Knoppers, another legendary figure in our community, says, I think Judy – had an impact, of course, yesterday, but Jewel takes the crown. Jewel might have been uh, my my MVP of that particular game. Finished with the lead, team lead in tackles, and, of course, got those aforementioned two picks. Great to see you, Albert. Give our best to Michelle. Uh, Deanna, Lady D throwing down again to say, I'm honored to be in the club with such great people. Hashtag MHH for life. It is a collection of great people. Everyone in our community, we love you. Uh, but there is there's some really special folks on that Mount Rushmore and uh, Lady D, she's she's chiseled out a spot for herself. No doubt. I would say Josie Jewell was the to Albert's comment, the defensive MVP. I yeah. think he might have to share that uh, honor with Patrick Sertan, though. He played 41 coverage snaps. He allowed one catch. He had one pick. The passer rating he allowed was six point nine. So he's still the best in the business, in case y'all forgot, best corner around uh, PS2. On the offensive side, though, Jerry Judy gets my MVP vote overall. I feel like if you had to choose one player, I'm going with the guy who accounted for 21 of the Broncos' 28 points in that game. Definitely the I'm here game for Jerry Judy. No doubt. And you know what? I mean, there's people that are castigating in Broncos media Russell Wilson uh, for his complicity in the loss, and it's true that that pick six turned out to be the ultimate difference in the game. 
Um, but without Russell Wilson flipping that switch and going on the run that the, that he did, that turns into like a curb stomping of proportions that might have equaled. I mean, it was on its way to be in the Jamarcus Russell Raiders beatdown of Josh McDaniels Broncos. I can't remember if that was 09 or 10. I think it was 10 now, now that I think back on it, but um, Russell Wilson made sure that didn't happen. I want to give the man his credit. I mean, 247 passing yards. What did he finish with rushing? I'll remind myself here. 57 rush yards as well. And those that last 14 he picked up that cost him the the, the brain injury that, and the contusion on his on his uh, on his head. Those were some tough yards, dude. And he was selling out for his team, knowing that they weren't making the playoffs, but pride was on the line. The the spirit of competition was on the line. And he sold out to he showed you his true colors. All right, we're not talking about the controversial move like in the case of Teddy Bridgewater last year, which he might have been a little unfairly maligned. I'm not trying to make any specific comment, but where you go from a guy who did not look interested whatsoever to put his foot in the ground and make a play to stop uh, a bad a bad uh, outcome, Russell Wilson showing you he is sold out for the Broncos in in a losing cause of a season. I'm not going to castigate him for that game. He was he and Jerry Judy Josie Jewell, Pat Sertan, a couple of other guys are the reason the Broncos made that a game. It doesn't absolve, just like if they would have won, it wouldn't have absolved Hackett of all the failure from this year. It doesn't absolve Russ of him not playing anything near a $250 million quarterback. But, you know, you're either Team Hackett or Team Russ going forward because the Broncos are stuck with one, they're not stuck with another. And we want to see at least some sort of glimmer of positivity, something you can build on going forward. And that game was the epitome of a potentially foundational game, again, for a 34-year-old quarterback who's in a new system, new team, all these different off-the-field mental obstacles I think he's working through. 57 rushing yards, you said, Chad. That's a lot for a quarterback in Wilson's position, having no weapons around him, suspect coaching, a lack of an O-line, him dealing with, by the way, a hamstring injury, a lat injury, now a concussion. He earned a lot of my respect back because I was way out on Russell Wilson. It doesn't, again, make him... Picture perfect doesn't take him off the hook for what he didn't do this year, but I think there's a lot you can take away from that game. And uh, going forward, hope remains alive. It does. Mike Reno got a ticket, he says, to the next K- uh, Broncos at Chiefs game. A very good friend of mine who is a KC fan got it for me. That'll be fun, dude. Represent with a plum. I'm sure you will. Um, when I was a, a kid and we, we'd shoot around, play basketball, whether it was pickup type stuff, just kids having fun, or even when you get into the higher levels of organized um, basketball. It was a superstition type thing that even if we were just shooting around, you don't leave the court. You can't leave the court as a, as a shooter until unless it's on a swish. So if you're shooting you're, and, hey, mom calls, time for dinner, and you can't leave the court till you end it with a swish. If you hit a swish, you can, you can exit uh, with your head held high. And in that same sense, Zach, that's why, you know what, Russell Wilson provided his best overall performance as a quarterback, got hurt, didn't win the game, wasn't a swish. I know it might be a little bit outside of his control with the whole it being a concussion and it seems to be a rather serious one. But because of that, I'll be surprised if Russell Wilson 
uh, doesn't make it back onto the field this season and what remains of this this failed campaign just because it leaves a bad taste in his mouth. Yeah, and they have to weigh also what happened with Teddy last year where he had one concussion, he came back and got another one. You can't risk someone's livelihood. It's a brain injury. I mean, these are pretty serious maladies to be afflicted with, and this is now the third injury your 34-year-old quarter-million-dollar quarterback is dealing with. I'm with you. I would not be surprised at all if the Broncos shut him down, at least for one week, let him get healthy. He might be done for the season, though, with that concussion. If he is, if he is, you still feel better about Russ than you would have three days ago. I think that's the biggest takeaway. I saw a good one from Todd Ostendorf way early in the, uh, in the chat that I'm trying to find here. Um, dang it. Let me see if I can find it. It was a good question too. I'll, I'll find it, but um, Zach, who are some of the other standouts from yesterday? We've mentioned Josie Jewell. We've mentioned Sertan on defense. Of course, Russ, Judy. Moody. Was there anyone else on offense that stood out to you, or defense for that matter? Uh, we mentioned Moody as well. Moody, also, yes. Greg, Greg Dulcich. I'm eating crow on him as well. I thought it was a wasted pick, and it was going to be just a redshirt season, but he's looking like the Broncos' most dependable receiver, and he's filling that void of dependability left by Tim Patrick and the injury that Patrick suffered. So Greg Dulcich continues to grow each week. Natani Moody on the O-line. I'm struggling. Kendall Hinton looked pretty good before he had that hammy. He's a tough, hard-nosed receiver, man. Fighting for first downs, he shows fire, and he's getting better as a receiver. Uh, Top of my head, that's who all I can think of. Todd says... uh, And Marlon Mack. Great shout in the comments, too. Yes, yes. Hey, great to see Marlon Mack actually get enough touches to actually produce a body of work. You gave him enough touches, he produced a 66-yard touchdown. That was great to see. Todd says here, I hope this last game is a sign of more good things to come on offense, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, especially now that, Zach, we're going to have some uh, potential instability at quarterback. Brett Rippon... Man, I want I want to love Brett Rippon, and I do love Brett Rippon. Don't get me wrong. And I liked what he said after the game yesterday about why who wouldn't want to follow Russell Wilson and the case he made for that. I thought it was uh, very classy of him. But he just doesn't have it, dude. He'll keep your offense on schedule, all right, in a relative sense. But when the chips are down, hey, credit. He made that one throw in the red zone on fourth down to Judy. Credit. But he had multiple opportunities in the clutch in that in a very tough situation, granted. But you're a backup quarterback in the league. You're expected to execute in those situations. We'll see how it shakes out. If he only has to play one game and it's against a Colt McCoy-led Arizona Cardinals, hey, uh, that's what you that's why you need a backup quarterback. We'll see how it shakes out. But if it stretches into the remainder of the season, I think it could get pretty dang ugly. I mean, we've seen some bad offensive football this year with Russell Wilson at the helm. It could be even worse. And it will be, I think, uh, if Brett has to finish out this season. Yeah. I, Brett, it, Brett Rippon is like the Gardner Minshew within the Broncos fan base. I, I don't know why so many people are so high on him. He is a future coach not a future NFL quarterback for much longer. Um, It sucks, though, because this is a revenge game coming up for Denver. Who do they face in Arizona? That would be former head coach turned Cardinals defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. If there was ever a time for the Broncos to put two strong games together, it would be this one. 
I don't know how you do that, though, when your quarterback is Brett Rippon. I'm willing to give if Russ is out, why not? You got nothing to lose. Lost season, you're 3-10. and 10. Play Jarrett Guarantano. See what you have in him, a younger quarterback. Maybe there's some upside there. You got to find out one way or the other, though. I'm going to pull up this uh, this quote real quick. Uh, Colton, though, first. Thank you, bud. Connect on Twitter. He says, I'm hoping this game excites some of the top coach candidates. Yeah, that's another thing. If it does end up being the best uh, case swish for uh, Russ and we don't get to see him again this season, I, I even in defeat, he showed coaches out there, hey, I'm not done. You know, he, he just needs the stars to align. And I don't mean he needs a perfect situation to thrive, although I worry that that might be the situation. That doesn't mean I think that that's the situation. He's showing that, hey, get me a coach who can call plays. Get me a coach who can figure out my uh, technical deficiencies with my footwork and all that stuff, and I can still throw down, Zach. I don't think this is the type of game that's going to make Sean Payton say, I want to coach Russell Wilson. I want to come to Denver. I'm going to turn down the opportunity to work with Justin Herbert or Kyler Murray. I want to coach 34-year-old going on 35-year-old Russell Wilson. If they would have won that game, maybe. If he would have had you know 450 yards and five touchdowns, that's a selling point victory. That's uh, something that you bank on, something that you sell to prospective prospective candidates but then it comes down to who are the top coaching candidates it's sean payton and then who chad dan quinn frank reich you're getting down in the nitty-gritty when you want to go for more than likely a retread if i'm frank reich i'm encouraged if i'm sean payton i'm still pretty wavy on coming to the broncos here is uh deanna wow lady d throwing down again she says russell wilson showed us his heart with a new and right coach i feel he will shine that's a very nice segue into what Rippon said about him post-game. Quote, I thought he, he was asked what he saw from Russ today, last night. He said, quote, I thought he was stepping up, pardon me, in the pocket really well. I thought our guys made plays. We had a lot of good yards after the catch, which helps. Ultimately, I thought he was getting the ball out on time. He was stepping up and making plays, putting his body on the line. You can say all you want, but we're three and nine. They're nine and three. The guy's out there battling his butt off. He didn't say but, by the way, to try and win the game. That, to me, is somebody I want to follow. I thought that was really classy and cool for Rippon to say. Yeah, I mean, great teammate. I saw Rippon, uh, Russell Wilson was shoved out to the sidelines during one play, and Rippon was encouraging him and, you know, firing him up. So he's a good teammate to have, for sure. I'm good. I'm sure a good um brain in the quarterback room but that's really all he ever will be a very cerebral guy but much like Helen Moore someone better suited to wear a headset than a helmet Phil says uh, it seems like Kubiak is figuring out plays for Russ Evero doing good with defense so what is Hackett doing Piercy's helping special teams based on their performance um, yeah that's a that's a good that's a good point I don't think we should make too much light of the fact that, you know, a head coach, even if he relinquishes or doesn't call plays at a, on a given phase, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, he still presents uh, utility to the team if he's got some sand, if he's got some wherewithal, whether that's leading the game plans, making sure that the game plans, <clears throat> pardon me, in like the, uh, the scripted portion of an offense, for example, he has say on that. He, he influences that, uh, amongst other things. Nathaniel Hackett, 
he did what a coach does, I guess, who doesn't call plays in a losing effort. What did you think, Zach, about Clint Kubiak's play calling yesterday? Well, first of all, what is Hackett doing? Uh, growing a very bad-looking goatee. He needs to shave that using Manscaped and fast. Um, Kubiak, he's doing what I felt like Hackett should have been doing from the jump, from week one, and that's up-tempo, fast-paced offense. Less thinking, more doing. A little more of a backyard football element. That's where Russell Wilson has always thrived and making him a strict pocket passer and to that extent giving Russell Wilson the power and autonomy to call his own plays pretty much or build his own offense falls on Hackett so I love the fact they're rolling him out more getting him on the move letting him use his legs more but the high up-tempo fast-paced offense is the biggest difference in a Clint Kubiak coach scheme that I can discern by the way guys um gotta remind you make sure you are following our brand spanking new account uh, channel, what have you, on TikTok, Mile High Huddle on TikTok. Right now we've got a bunch of cool clips and um, kind of viral clips that are that are up there on the page, but we have some even bigger plans, unique and special to TikTok. But we need as many of you that subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, everywhere else. If you are a TikTok user, hit the link in the chat that we just dropped. Uh, pull it up on your phone, what have you. Give us a sub because we got uh, a lot of cool stuff coming down the pike there. Follow Mile High Huddle on TikTok. Zach, we're at 48 minutes. We're about out of time. So, guys, if you have any burning subjects that you want us to address tonight, get them in the chat here. But uh, I'll say this, too, Zach. Yesterday we touched on it a little bit. That last comment included Evero, right, in terms of we know what he does, etc. Why, yet again, it was a very different context in how it went down because it wasn't a scoring drive per se at the end where the Broncos failed to get a stop, but they did still fail to get that stop defensively when the chips were down to give Brett Rippon and the offense one last swing at the plate. That final Chiefs offense, uh, possession on offense, I'll tell you, they took over the ball for the last time. Uh, Brett Rippon picked off at... 434 to go. So the first snap from the Chiefs um, that that basically ended the, the, the game was at four minutes and 21 seconds, and then they kneeled on it to kill the clock at 38. So four and a half minutes, basically. They couldn't get them off the field. Is this becoming even more of a Achilles heel for Ajiro Evero? I think the same problems that reared their heads in um, preseason – are rearing their heads and have reared their heads in the regular season. And the Broncos run defense. They can stop Derrick Henry Cole, but they'll allow Isaiah Pacheco to, you know, chew up crucial yardage. It really wasn't Mahomes that was doing the damage on the final drive. They were running the ball and just picking up first downs and killing the clock off. I don't know. It's tough to grade the defense when they're missing Randy Gregory. They're missing Ronald Darby. They're missing Caden Stearns. It's still a beaten down unit, but we talk about them so highly. There's a few highly paid players on there. One guy in Draymond Jones who wants to be a highly paid player. But if you want the big bucks, you got to make the big plays. And that's why the Broncos defense, it's very, very, very good. But now I'm stopping short of saying it's truly, you know, Wade Phillips circa 2015 caliber elite. Patrick Mahomes, Zach, 
in a pedestrian night, a pedestrian day at the office, he passed for over 350 yards and three touchdowns. This the magnitude of this dude's talent is like it's so disheartening because Patrick Mahomes is just a freak. Um, Evro did the best he could, I guess, against him. You got three takeaways. Pat Sertan, by the way, that interception. He, I mean, both the jewels were nice baits where he had to sell out and kind of do one of these, t- you know, stretch to get the pass, and it was awesome. Uh, Sertan's pick was of the circus variety, where at first they called it uh, incomplete, hit the ground. No, 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 he scooped it. He he made sure it didn't touch the ground. Pat Sertan, Zach, I loved seeing that day. You you referenced some of his other statistics from the Chiefs game in terms of uh, the QB rating he relinquished and how many targets and receptions and all that. I loved seeing that, not only because it came against the Chiefs and it came against uh, Pat Mahomes, but he was coming off of a stretch of games, Zach, where he had kind of taken two or three steps backward, I think kind of falling victim, as it were, to the Broncos' collective funk that this team had been in. It started to rub off on him a little bit. Uh, what are your what are your takeaways on PS2? No, that's what I tweeted. I said he's still the best in the game in case y'all forgot because he was being bandied as the best Broncos corner since Champ Bailey. He has a couple rough games, and everyone's now saying the Broncos should have drafted Justin Fields or Mac Jones instead of Sertan. But he reminds you just how good he is, and I agree word for word with what you said. Opposite him, though, we're talking about standout players from this game. Damari Mathis, every week since he's took uh, taken over for Ronald Darby has progressed and has gotten better and better and better. He has some airtight coverage. And I think going forward, he is going to be a true long-term uh, number two cornerback opposite PS2. Uh, David Wilder. Great to see you, buddy. We're about out of time, but we can always make time for David Wilder, who, by the way, I gave him some props today on Facebook. You'd be proud, Zach. He's rocking a coaching, coaching, coaching nice. t-shirt on his Facebook post. Very dope. He says, uh, with the right coach, Russ can get back to what he once was. Great show tonight, guys. Thank you, David. Great to see you, bud. David, you're 100% right. The question is, though, who is that coach? We know Sean Payton can probably do it, but we can't hold our breath assuming Denver can lure Sean Payton uh, to the Mile High City. Is it Frank Reich? Is it who? Who else? If, Chad, if they're not going to go for a first-timer, if you're going to go for a retread, it's either a Dan Quinn as head coach and he hires like Brian Schottenheimer or Daryl Bevel, neither of whom I'm crazy about. You go all out for Sean Payton. You don't get him. You maybe settle for Frank Reich. Who else is out there that could reasonably coach the Broncos and get the most out of Russell Wilson? Well, I think the three that right now would make the most sense, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, in order, would be if you can get him, Sean Payton at the very top followed by Dan Quinn, not just because he was a finalist this last cycle for Denver, but because he's got that familiarity, he'd be a retread, uh, and he could perhaps help deliver a offensive coordinator and play caller that we already know can jive with Russ. And then Frank Reich, those are my three guys, and one thing all three have in common, they'd be a retread. So I think that's kind of the the name of the game this time around is you went with a first-timer in Vance Joseph. You went with a first-timer, old as he was, in Vic Fangio. And then, of course, once again, in Nathaniel Hackett. And it just, in each instance, blew up in your face. Hopefully, it doesn't take the Broncos three years to realize the uh, snafu of, of Nathaniel Hackett. Hopefully, it's like John Elway, that first year of Vance Joseph. He knew in December that he done messed up, and he wanted to rectify that situation. He wanted to bring back Mike Shanahan before – 
according to Woody Page's reporting anyway, Joe Ellis stepped in and kiboshed that and, and made it a much more painstaking process if Elway wanted to hire Mike Shanahan. He wanted him to go through a whole full-blown hiring cycle once again, interview multiple coaches, and if Mike Shanahan ended up being the best, then okay. Instead, Elway said, all right, we'll just try it again, I guess, with Vance Joseph. I'm trying to remember all the details of that report, which was a blockbuster incendiary report at the time from Woody Page, Zach, and it came out, ironically enough, a year later. Uh, toward the end of what ended up being VJ's two-year tenure as head coach of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, what could have been, obviously, again, going back to 2017, could have had Kyle Shanahan and Wade Phillips on the same staff, but yes, settled for VJ and Joe Woods. If the Broncos were to go with a first-timer, which I don't think they will, uh, Shane Steichen from Philadelphia and Ben Johnson from Detroit, those are two guys top of my list who I think could maximize Russ's talent, but you have to go for a more of a sure thing. If you're George Payton or Rob Walton slash Greg Penner, that's why a retread coach like a Frank Reich, Dan Quinn, is probably the most realistic outcome. All right, last one for tonight, and we got to say a good night. Uh, Flat Earth Trinity jumping in. Thank you, bud. Great to see you. He says, we looked like a completely different team. Was this a fluke, or could this be a turnaround? Well, I don't. I have a hard time believing it could be a turnaround, Trinity, uh, with Russ banged up. You know, if Russ doesn't get hurt, or who knows, he might end up coming out of concussion protocol in time to play. We'll see. And if he does, maybe there's a chance that they could build on that. But with how disjointed and janky this offense has been uh, this season and how much it has struggled to find any modicum of momentum that can be sustained, I have a hard time seeing this being piped into week uh, what is it, week 15. Yeah, Flat Earth, uh, two words, stay tuned. Obviously, we'll have a better you know, grasp of the Broncos when we see them in action because they deserve no benefit of the doubt. They can't string one good performance together, let alone two. They still did lose that Kansas City game, but I also feel like that was their Super Bowl and they blew their entire load in that game. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the best the Broncos look from here on out. And the best the Broncos look still came in a losing effort. Let not that fact be lost. All right, guys, we're going to do our rundown. Thank you for being with us. Um, we got a few things to say to you, though. That was the Mile High Huddle podcast, the aftermath episode of the Broncos. Week 14 loss to Kansas City. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, if you're not already, at the MHH Pod, the main account on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking, go to huddleuppod.com and check that out. If you haven't, go to facebook.com as well, slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Be sure you're liking and following that page. And Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football pre-safe five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month. But please, guys, if anything, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. By the way, thank you, Diamond Rattler, for uh, adding us on Twitter while we're live with the clip of the non-contact injury Kyler Murray sustained. It does look like uh, something jumped up and bit him, like Forrest Gump. You know, something bit me. Looks like that. Uh, looks ACL-ish. <laughs> God forbid. Hope it doesn't happen. Um, but uh, shout out to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters on Facebook tonight. We'll start with Facebook. Phil McLaughlin, thank you, bud. Mike Reno, George Fox, love you. Our Super Chat superstars. Sam Bam getting in early as he does. Chris Chances, the Duchess, Michaela Parker, uh, 
Dylan Hunt, not to be confused with Boise Man, I guess I should be confused with as, as the wrong uh, words. Lady D, Deanna Hendry throwing down, Venom Seeker, Colton Parkinson, David Wilder, and Flat Earth Trini. Special shout out, though, to the ladies of MHH tonight, Ian Michaela and the Lady D. We appreciate you very, very much. Uh, much love and respect. Jenna. So I had to get that in there. Sorry. Got uh, it. Guys. You don't get Zach Kelberman impressions very often. So when you do get them, you savor them. Okay. And when you get them, it's Forrest Gump impressions. But that was, again, the aftermath episode of the Broncos Week 14 loss. Have a great start to your week, guys. We're off until Thursday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.